Hi, Gary Stone from Sharewell Systems here. Sure, you may be trading stocks, ETFs, CFDs, futures, or even cryptos and FX, but how do you invest the money that really counts, including your retirement savings? Do you do it yourself, or do you feel you lack the strategies and confidence and have instead entrusted your retirement to a managed fund or financial advisor, or to somebody else to grow and protect your biggest investment? Go to sharewellsystems.com and download a case study that dissects a real money portfolio, which has achieved a return of double the ASX 200 accumulation index since January 2016. Sharewell Systems is proudly powering the spotty Your Call Hour right here on Ticker. Hello and welcome everyone for the last time this week to Australia's Hour of Investing Power. It's the show that quite simply is as great as you want it to be. This is Spotty Live in a little less lockdown from Melbourne Town and for the next 60 minutes we're going to answer your questions live on air. So send them in right now. Dexter's waiting for your text message 0480 or you can email us question at spotty.com.au. Of course you will see these details appear at the bottom of your show. Uh, bottom of the screen, sorry, throughout the show. However, you can either put it in your smartphone to make it easier for quick access or get a tattoo, uh, whatever suits. Um, either way, we'll be here to answer your questions when they pop up to mind. So let's bring in today's chief spotters. And well, look, it's the odd couple of Australian investing, to be quite frank and honest, starting with our friend across the Nullarbor, our dustfield petri dish. It's Tony Lacantro from Elto Capital. G'day, Tony. How are you doing? Hey, always a pleasure to be on your show, Elio. So yeah, uh, as long as people don't call uh, me and Mr. Hunt Dumb and Dumber. So uh, probably more Beavis, <laughs> probably more Beavis than Butthead, hey? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, that'd be one hell of a road trip. I'd very much like to be the Kelpie in the backseat of that one. I can tell you it'd be quite entertaining. And yeah, great to see that you're being blessed by the universe in this wonderful little run-up in the uh, lot of the junior explorers at the moment with that lovely halo around your head. But Tony, look, for those that may be sleeping under a rock and haven't uh, seen our program before or they uh, haven't been all that interested in about the, in the market, you're one of our more popular guests. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your firm Alto Capital and most importantly, how you help investors every single day? Yeah, well, I've been, I've been advising on small cap stocks for 22 years now. I've seen it all. I'm a specialist in fear, greed, and stupidity. And the next thing I've got to deal with is complacency. And um, it's like extracting teeth. I mean, some of my clients, you know, end up with a 10 bagger and I actually have to beg them to take some profits. So, you know, but, but what I do is I have a, a stock selection model, which has gotten better over the years. Uh, and so I just look for companies with a meager four to 500% upside potential with the disclaimer that when people wake up in a bad mood or Trump tweets, these stocks could halve temporarily. So I've been raising a lot of money for companies. I've floated a number of companies. I've, I'm right there. I understand the psychology and I've learned to read the market. So what I say to people, Elio, is I'm simply here to improve your odds of success because often it's it's the right stock, wrong person. Yeah, exactly. No, I couldn't have said it better myself. So, well, we better head back across the divide to the man who cycles everywhere. It's the El Presidente of the Professional Technical Analysts Association. It's David Hunt from the Profit Hunters Group. G'day, David. How are you doing? 
G'day, Leo. G'day, Tony. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Oh, very well, mate. Great to have you on the show. Thanks very much for jumping on. Thank Why you. don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, David, for those that may not have watched the show before, just to get a bit about your background. And then more importantly, how you help investors every day uh, at Profit Hunters. Okay, for me, uh, what I am is eventually I became a technical analyst or a chartist, which means that I can be flexible about what stocks to trade, what markets to get into, and how to trade them as well. So I have a variety of tools at my, my disposal. And what I've found is a lot of Profit Hunter Group members actually were, were previously fundamentalists who might have used things like uh, your previous company uh, and Tony to, to, to pick some stocks and want to know where they could get in and actually trade them shorter term or trade them medium term and pick up some profits. And so we've been enjoying this run up in those little small cap stocks that Tony, Tony and you were just talking about. Um, fantastic, you get fan, some fantastic moves on these, but you gotta, as Tony said, you gotta know to take some profit and where to take some profit and where to feel comfortable taking some profit and how to manage it if you don't get to those profit target levels. And that's where I step in. Excellent. Perfect. So profithunters.com.au is where you can go to learn about uh, David's services and how he helps investors and his website's chock block full of information. So you can get a good idea as to how he rolls. So we're uh, locked and ready. So what we need now are your questions. So send them through right now. Before we get started, though, that very important disclaimer, uh, none of this content in the show today uh, is of a personal nature. All of it is general. None of it takes into account your objectives, financial situations or needs. And therefore, should you decide to act on anything you hear today, then you need to do so in light of your own personal circumstances. Yes, past performance is no indicator of future performance, as you know. Um, and uh, if you do wish to discuss with anyone other than your significant other in life about any of the content discussed in today's program, then you need to do so with an advisor that's licensed to do so, of which Tony is one of those two, if you are interested. Uh, and also just a reminder that our, uh, uh, all our guests, including myself, hold interest in shares. That's one of the things that distinguishes us. We are actual investors. Mm -hmm. uh, then uh, by all means, feel free to ask us if we forget to mention it because the heat of battle during the show means that uh, you know, sometimes we can uh, you know, uh, forget that, uh, to disclose that important information. So feel free to contact us if you need that clarification. And for the next hour, Spotty is proud to be powered by our sponsors at ShareWell Systems. And since 1995, ShareWell Systems have helped investors protect and grow their share portfolio with a rules-based investing approach that gives them an edge over others. So if you wish to learn more about the team powering our spotlight then, and how you too can win the race of investing life, then please go to the website sharewellsystems.com and be sure to read all the relevant information before making any investment decision. All right then, so let's have a look at the market currently at the moment, only a relatively flat, but as is always at the margin, swinging like uh, uh, anything else. So we'll get into a bit of that today. I want to talk about that, the main topic of today, which really, to be honest with you, has to do with, the, you know, we're seeing a number of asset bubbles at the moment. You know, no matter where you look, left, right or center, you're seeing a lot of these stocks, you know, jump up, they're flying and they're going for their life. And I think, you know, it always makes me a little bit nervous when I see that. I mean, I saw, you know, Dampier Gold just the other day um, came out with, you know, some drilling results, which we're okay. It looks like they found something, but I think I might have just as much in my own backyard. I can't say it was really the mother low, but its share price has absolutely flown on the back of that. Estrel uh, Resources, another one of those stocks whereby initially on their shallow drilling, uh, their share price went uh, ballistic, uh, came back quite significantly. 
Uh, they then did, did their uh, magnetic testing further to see if there's extensions lower. That came through as positive, but you would expect that, obviously. Um, then the share price flew again, coming a little bit back today. There's hot money everywhere. And Tony, I want to ask you, is yep. this simply just a case of too much free money floating around? Or is there something more sinister in the background? What's driving this insatiable appetite for risk at the minute? Elio, I should disclose that I've raised Dampier a lot of money at 2.2 cents, and I'm kind of their corporate advisor. Right. So um, you can take they, me down. They probably do have more gold than your backyard, or in your bathroom, or in your teeth. So <laughs> uh, I look. We're standing damp here at 2.2 cents. They went over six this morning. Their announcements have been good. And what people should realise is a lot of these auger rab drilling soil samples lead to a major discovery. Okay. And that was the, the tools that allowed my, me to make my clients 50 times the money when Romilius drilled into a jewellery shop. So, yeah, so they're okay. But what we're seeing, uh, Estrella was capped at a quarter of a billion dollars on two meters of massive sulfides. Mm. So that goes to show you just how hot the market is. But you've got to realize is that some of these prolific Twitter charters have up to 8,000 followers and then some. So it's just, I see a lot of Chi-X trading. Some of these trading patterns, you just have to add Benny Hill music, Elio. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, so David will be... Yeah. Yes. So look, uh, David, I mean, from, you know, the sort of you're a cycles man. So, you know, you, you're basically an expert at boom and bust cycles and the like. And, you know, inevitably the actors will change, but the plot remains the same. At this minute, I mean, how should investors be taking this sort of money that's being floated around at the moment? Because, of course, it's easy to convince yourself to turn something from a punt to a long term holding, um, be it either both to the upside or downside. So, you know, what should investors be mindful of? So first off, it's risk reward. At the moment, Tony is looking for ten, uh, 50 baggers, 10 baggers, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, those sort of moves are good when you got in on the base, when you're mm. in that base, when you're in the run up and it's gone up 10, 20 times with a stock that's quite illiquid, unless you're getting those um, real, once you actually get the actual real results, often it's been moved so far up that it's actually a profit take when it gets the announcement that hey yes we've made these we've made these it might take a two two or three days before it goes up so for me i look for the results to come out and say okay confirmed this is good look for example at degray you had these fantastic fantastic uh, series of announcements going up and then there was a final one announcement and then bang it just it's come back 60 cents if i if i can from a dollar 80 cents to down to one dollar and 24 last time i looked so what i look for is the risk reward and being able to put put stop losses on so in those big run-ups i'll be looking to buy some dips of decent retracements like deep retracements so i can put it what i call a defendable position on and uh, some of the stocks for example i've been enjoying kairos kai and um and that's been a great run. I took profit at 8.4 cents, and I, I'm actually just starting to to buy back in around that 6.4, 6.7 cents, 6.9 cents area in Kairos. So th those are the tactics. These things, these stocks are running. Usually, it means it's the end of the stock market rally when we're running the stock, the small stocks really hard. It's kind of like the Robin Hood effect. It's they're speculative. 
some of them will work. A lot of these little stocks, as you say, have some great ideas, but they're spending all their money on exploration. The amount of gold discoveries we've seen in Australia recently, I don't know how that creates such a, um, I don't know how, what in terms of gold, gold um, output that we'll see from that gold supply, but it, it creates a, a dampening effect eventually on the amount of gold Oh, the amount of gold that people can, you know, that the, the demand has. So we've, we've got a certain amount of demand. So the supply is suddenly boosted up and it kind of forces that demand down. So we're seeing a pullback in the gold stocks at the moment. Um, Dampier, I think, is a gold stock. Is that right, yeah. Tony? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It, it certainly so, is. And I was just going to do the So when it has then... a discovery, that's a good kick on. Yeah, but so eventually yeah, why don't you explain... Yeah, why don't you explain the economies of gold, uh, Tony? Because, of course, it's very different than your normal base metal type demand and price cycle. What, what sort of makes gold prices move and, uh, and make them tick? Is supply um, an issue here? Uh, not, not really, because a lot of the gold ever produced, you could fit in a large room. Mm -hmm. And there is certainly less gold discoveries. A lot of it's lower gram per tonne stuff. It does take a fair amount of time to put a uh, project into production. But gold is essentially money. And I know the Todd Sampson t-shirt and linen jacket brigade are saying crypto is the way of the future. But a lot of that has no has no backing. Yeah. So gold is essentially more of a defensive asset in terms of crisis. And I go back to 1971, where 700 ounces of gold would buy your house in Australia. Now it'd buy you a knockdown in Campsie or an outer Melbourne suburb. So gold actually protects your purchasing power. But what has really dumbfounded gold supporters in Australia is since we've had these global synchronised crap economies, the Australian dollar is far stronger than what anyone thought. So the Aussie gold price has been trending sideways. Yeah. So I, I'm always a gold bull. I invest in small cap gold stocks but remember only around 2000 we still had a vibrant gold industry when the u.s spot price was 251 dollars an ounce yeah well wow okay yeah exactly no that's uh, that's true there too look we do need to move on gentlemen because i've got the questions coming through now so i'm going to address them and uh, yeah just a quick note uh, tony i hold damp here too um, and they're welcome to drill in my backyard. I live in Victoria, uh, but we'll talk about another Victorian uh, driller in a moment, actually. Tony, one of your favourites as well. We'll come to that in a second. I want to go to Yen, though. I'm going to answer his questions first. He actually sent it overnight, and he's the only guy that laughed at the skit I did yesterday. So, Yen, because of your very kind uh, uh, humour and, and in accepting what it is I do, just to entertain and lift the light on some things uh, occasionally, I'm going to answer your question first. It relates to brain chip holdings. Code is BRM. Uh, if I can read his question, it caught his attention a few weeks ago. He's researched the company. He likes the neuromorphic processor technology that they're building, which is involved in AI. I'll come to that in a moment. Um, and he just wants to know whether they're going to be able to translate it into business value. Um, and then in terms of the technicals, um, what should he be looking for? So I'll start with the fundamental side. And for those that don't know brain chip, uh, it's in the software and hardware space. Uh, we're in, in AI, sorry, artificial intelligence and machine learning. Now, they've got the, the primary focus, as uh, Yen has correctly articulated, is the development of the neuromorphic processor unit, which is a hardware product that you put into a computer of big mainframes and the like, known as Akita. Now, no one on this panel is going to convince me that AI is going to be less a part of our future. 
So the potential here is absolutely huge. But in September, when it hit an intraday high of some 97 cents, achieving a market cap of 1.5 billion on $32,000 worth of revenue, um, and again, shout out to my corporate banking mates out there. I'm still waiting for your call. If you want someone to back uh, raising money, I'm here to uh, collect it. Um, look, uh, is it any wonder that the share price has since cratered some 60% from that point? Now, the recently quarterly update was really interesting. I don't know if you saw it, Yen, because the day before the update, they told the market that we're going to deliver it tomorrow. The share price jumped 20%. Then on the day when they released the publication, the share price fell 15% because there was nothing new in the actual announcement. And funnily enough, the announcement um, uh, saying that it's tomorrow was price sensitive, and then the actual announcement was not price sensitive. Thanks to our friends at the ASX. Um, perhaps you need an AI machine to figure out what's going on. Maybe it was cryptic and investors missed it. But either way though, um, I'm not averse to taking you know, a bit of blue sky in a portfolio. Um, now might actually be one of those types of stocks. I have been looking at it for a few years, um, but you know, I, I think the price could head a little bit lower from here on in. I think I can pick it up cheaper. David, would you agree? Yeah, I do. I do. I'll just whack up the chart here for um, for, for brain chip, if I if I may. Mm -hmm. um, so oh, here we go. You should be able. To okay, see we've this gone now. really perfect. Yep, there we go. Yep. Yeah, it goes a bit bit strange. There's a, a stuck in the middle. Today we've seen it. Well, looks 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 like um, we've seen it jab up to about a sixty one point eight percent retracement. Now, one of my uh, portfolio fund managers um, was in love with this stock for a long time, and I kind of didn't quite understand it. And then I I got with his program, and basically we saw a fantastic run up, as you say, and then the announcement came, and then it got smacked back down. It's kind of now in the area where I don't mind it terribly. Uh, where are we? We got it here. Where's my, where's my charts? There we go. Um, it got a bit excited. And basically um, what, I, what I've been telling my members is come back down to the area where it's, where it's worthwhile owning some longer term. But as you said, Elio, I think you've got maybe a little bit more to the downside. I'd like to buy it down to 31 cents in the medium term with a stop loss below 29 cents, stop loss longer term below 24 cents, and should also look to buy a break above 50 cents with a stop loss below 30 cents, looking for 97 cents longer term. So I, I, I certainly don't mind it. I, I would rather get it a bit cheaper at the moment. Uh, that would be in my interest as well. Um, I own some as well at the moment, so I uh, had it for a while and I like to, I like to see it going higher on Brainship. And uh, thanks very much for your question, uh, Yen. All right, uh, Tony, time for you to step up to the plate. Uh, one mm -hmm. of the stocks we have talked about on this program before was asked by Kevin. He'd like to hear the panel's thoughts on Staveley Minerals, code SVY, and uh, notes that they have a copper project in Victoria. So uh, I know you know this business really well, Tony, so why don't you tell us a bit about mm -hmm. it? Yeah, so I've, I've um, known Chris Cairns for 16 years. This will be the third discovery I've had with him. So, yeah, uh, we we raised money at 15. Then they, they drilled into 40% copper, which is uh, yeah. amazing. So it ran to $1.42. They've since raised at 60. Obviously, it fell below that. Now, I just watched a technical webinar with Chris Cairns last week. And they have this load called the Cayley load, yep. which they're drilling out, which is an American style, I think it's a Butte deposit, where he's aiming for 
to drill out the resource and have you know 10 years plus mine life but the real cheesecake is elio is they're going to bring in the drill rig in november and search for the mother load but you've got to drill 1.5 kilometer holes for this so that's yeah. that's the high risk side of it if they hit that porphyry this thing's going well above where they traded last time on the highs but i think this market cap of around 150 million dollars compared to a lot of other rubbish out there is undemanding and i say long-term upside plus likely corporate activity because where else are you going to get such a major deposit in uh, mining friendly victoria no that's right <laughs> exactly it's not uh, normally known as that place but uh, obviously there's huge potential <laughs> on this one here and you know, look, let's face it, um, you know, you're, you're right. The market cap isn't all that stretch. And hopefully, Kevin, that was worth the wait. Um, next question just comes from Wayne. He wants our view in regards to Japara Healthcare. JHC is the code for those of you playing along at home. Now, Japara Healthcare is involved in the aged care sector, regulated by the federal government under the ire of the Royal Commission uh, into the sector. And, of course, the private sector accounts for the majority of deaths through the COVID crisis. It hasn't grown its earnings for three years, so I've got to ask, Wayne, is this a loaded question that you're asking me? Are there green shoots? Well, they're easy to see, I suppose, because the sector is a barren wasteland, and there really is only one, and that is that the performance rights and management were um, uh, removed uh, in recent times. Uh, other than that, though, and if you looked at their annual report and any announcements since, they've uh, basically highlighted the challenges that the company faced. Now, you know, when I compare the negative possible outcomes versus the, you know, positive possible outcomes, to be honest, I've got to ask, why would you risk it? David, on a chart like that, the money's been telling us for some time in regards to the amount of risk. But, you know, you do think about this, these things out of the box a little bit. Is there any hope for Wayne? Yeah, actually, <laughs> glad I looked. Um, the chart is terrible. It's been just falling away. The only thing that I can f I find is a technique from WD GAN, which points to 34.5 cents as have needing to have been the low. That area was the exact low that we got to a couple of weeks ago, it looks like. So for me, um, for where was it? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, it traded down to 30, 34 and a half cents. Perfect on the dot WD GAN work. So if you're going to have a low probability high reward trade, you start to buy here now at 38 and a half cents, maybe down to a test at 35 cents again. Maybe it shades 30, 34.5 cents and goes to 33 cents, for example. So loading it up there with a little bit, not a big load, tiny nibble would be a, kind of a low probability high reward trade good stop loss 30 cents looking for probably up to about eight cents if it if it can survive the day i don't know what's going to change it the elliott wave count says it's in the final leg down on on wave five and it's come down into that nice scan area so for me it's it's not a it's not a high probability trade it's a low probability trade it's worth with a bit of a nibble, a sit on with a stop loss about was it about 10% lower, 11% lower than, than, than your entry. And um, yeah, nothing to be nothing to be swinging for the trees on or swinging mm. for the fences. I think I think I, I, I don't mind it just for that WD GAN reason, which is which is really nice when they come up 
but don't hang around if it fails below 30 cents. Okay, Tony, we're going back to your area of expertise. Uh, Ismail has uh, sent a few, uh, a number of questions through. I want to touch on this one, though. Would love to hear your view on uranium at the moment and insights that you've got into uh, Marenica Energy, which is M-E-Y, and Bannerman Resources, B-M-N. So first, just a view in regards to uranium, because, of course, we hear about this supply crunch coming. Uh, every expert you, you talk to always says 18 months, and that was three years ago. Um, we're still 18 months away from it occurring. Uh, and, you know, uranium prices have been easing. It's like waiting for a bus on Sunday, to be honest with you. It just never comes. What's your view on the sector? I, I've i actually uh, hoed back into the uranium sector. Whoa, okay, I, I've got to change I, my lines then. Yeah, yeah. No, your lines are quite funny. Like, yeah, waiting for a bus on Sunday. Yeah, that, that's a good one. Um, what, what I'd be doing is uh, there's a guy that runs Bannerman called Brandon Munro who comments on uranium and he's worth chasing up. So I actually quite like uranium, but there's two ugly words with uranium and it wasn't Anacot Steel. It was um, Fukushima and Chernobyl. So I think for... Uh, I'd, I'd like to point viewers to an interview that Rick Rule did with Kerry Stevenson. To me, Rick Rule is one of the most common sense small cap investors on the planet and he works for Sprott. So I'd point viewers towards that video. But I, I have been buying MEY. They've just announced an SPP today at 8.8 .8 cents. And I think this is an ideal entry point for people in a company that's had some discoveries in Nibiria but he's also land banking uranium at the right time. So uh, that's probably hopefully going to be on my top 12 stocks for next year, Elio. So I'm giving mm. viewers away a bit early. Um, uh, Bannerman, I think, is a trading play with a lot of uranium in the ground. But the worst thing a uranium company can do is try and mine the bloody stuff. So you're best to have a lot of pounds of uranium, let the boffins calculate fair value and trade the trade as chartists would say. So I like the uranium sector. It's just as ugly as the aged care sector. So it's yeah, too well, ugly. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately for the last quarter, I think, you know, per pound it fell below $30 um, after what had been a pretty strong run up. And there was a lot of excitement in the sector, but that seems to have waned in recent times. Um, the question from Peter, who'd like to ask about Tyro uh, payments, uh, TYR is their code. Basically seeing the, the reduction of the lockdown in Melbourne, don't count your eggs before they hatch, um, and also the alignment with Bendigo Bank. Um, and he's noticed, though, that uh, the share price did drop some 5.3% to $4.06 as at the close of yesterday. So I suppose what he wants to know is some sort of guidance in regards to why that occurred. Now, there was a major shareholder um, in the company, TDM Growth Partners, who have been one of the very early backers of Tyro. And they sold a very large block trade. I'm just having a look here for the uh, um, amount of stocks. I think it was something like uh, uh, 200, or oh, sorry, 300,000 of them. It was something like $1.4 million or some you know, very large amount in regards to the stock. So this big block trade that you saw was effectively all of it hitting at market. It was sold down at $4.05, which you would expect given the significant amount of holding that it was. They're no longer a substantial holding. I don't see this as being a risk um, to the company um, and its trajectory and rebound. Um, I am an investor in Tyro as well. And uh, yeah, look, uh, I think its share price today, if my memory serves me correct, 
had rebounded a little bit. Oh, yeah, no, it's come back a bit often during the session, now at around $4.07. So I wouldn't be all that concerned by this, pretty typical. Um, just they've, they've made so much money on it that we're going to realise that investment inevitably. And now that it's part of the ASX 300, likely to be the ASX 200, not surprising to see them uh, deleverage that investment a bit. But uh, I'd be interested in your view, David, in regards to this chart, TYR. Um, obviously, uh, an interesting one linked to the whole sort of, uh, uh, you know, hospitality retail space, copped the belting during the whole COVID thing, has been reopening, price has been rebounding. Can it continue? Okay, for me at the moment, I I, I like the fact that I like the fact that it uh, it got 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 rid of some of the some of the overhang, if you like, from the original uh, original backers. But Tyro has been going for a long time, at least ten years since I was involved with it. Um, it was nice buys on yesterday's uh, news with the sellout of the major investor. I quite like that. But it's okay to buy down a little bit further lower, down towards about three dollars and sixty two cents with a stop loss below $3.50. That's for the medium term with a target at $4.89 once it hits that low. The um, longer term, I'd rather be buying on dips down to $3.09 with a stop loss below $2.90. The target on the break above $4.50 is more like about seven, uh, it's actually, sorry, $9. So um, probably a little little bit of selling in the medium term Long term, probably going higher as it as it gets itself sorted out. With a with a major backer like that, often um, how much of their thinking and emotion and efforts have gone into the, that business, and then suddenly it's re- withdrawn of a major shareholder. Uh, that may cause a little bit of uncertainty for the next maybe ninety to one hundred and eighty days for for Tyra. Okay, but uh, yeah, it was just purely platonic as an investment vehicle. I don't see that. As being an issue myself, but it is an overhang, and always investors will question when someone realizes that money. Um, we'll come to you for your two stocks to help us see the light on in a moment, um, David. But just quickly, uh, Tony, one question from Stephen wants to know about uh, Renescore Resources, code RNU, uh, for those of you playing along at home. Are you familiar with the business? He says um, it appears that it would have a world class resource, but uh, they've you know, but they've spent many years going nowhere. Um, is there any hope? Yeah, I've actually had quite a bit to do with David Christensen. I've been to some of those uh, broker-style lunches with him. I actually um, have a lot of time for David. So this is one of the highest quality graphite deposits in Australia, and they've just signed an MOU with a major Chinese battery company, and they're going to be doing studies into the battery side of it. It's a Sivua graphite deposit in South Australia, Relative to the market cap, this does look cheap, but um, graphite's as popular as a pimple on prom night, Elio. So that's probably affecting this, the stock's movement. But what I said to David is, you just got to get on and do your job and the market will take care of itself. So to me, um, a lot of other stocks are flying. This thing's trapped around one cent. But based on the in-ground resources and potential with this Chinese battery company, I think there's some upsides, but upside, but again, you've got to be patient. So not a bad story, but you know, the graphite bubble's long gone. Yeah, no, very true. A bit of a squeeze may very well help there. Okay, then, uh, David, it's time for you to help us see the light on two stocks. So we're going to listen dutifully 
hear your reasoning, then we're going to go do our own research <laughs> and determine whether they align with our own personal objective, um, investment objectives and, of course, tolerance to risk. So, David, what two stocks do you want to help us see the light on today? Okay, two stocks at the moment are Cobalt Blue, uh, of which I've just had a fantastic run in, just sold out of the whole, whole my whole holding out of it. And uh, as a PhD, we were we had a very nice, very nice trade for our members there. Um, and I'd like to be buying that again back down around the 8.8 .8 cents to not, uh, to nine cents area, with a stop loss underneath uh, the um, sorry, uh, buying down to the 9.1 cents area, with a stop loss um, down towards 8.8 .8 cent down at 8.8 .8 cents, looking for 11 cents and 13 cents. And the other thing, which is for me, a little bit of interest is Orizon, AZJ, buying dips down to $4.03 with a stop loss below, um, basically a stop, stop loss below $3.80, looking for $4.45 on the top side there. Uh, just, uh, I'm a little bit cautious about the entire market at the moment. We're, a lot of the, a lot of the, we've been trading a lot lately with a lot of little small cap stocks, and just starting to trim those positions down now and waiting for, waiting for a bit of a pullback once people wake up and go, I've got too many of these. Um, yeah. So Horizon and that's my stocks, Horizon and Cobalt Blue, which is COB for those of Cobalt. you uh, playing along at home. All right then, so we're about halfway through at the moment. So uh, remember to send us your questions, question at spotty.com.au or text us 0480 079 089. And a reminder, if we can't get it to, uh, to those questions today, we will ask them in the ensuing weeks, um, possibly next week. You'll see it at the bottom of the screen as to what stocks are covered in any episodes. And you can go to spotty.com.au to watch all those replays. And of course, we're available on your favorite podcast streaming channel. Now we continue with our exploration of the 16 trades of successful investing that our great supporters at Share Wealth Systems have made available to all viewers at Spotty. And I encourage you to download it from 16 Trades because it covers a range of essential elements for investing success, such as the need to have an investment plan, being humble enough to surrender to a process, keeping some powder dry when you need it, particularly when you sometimes get a stock that goes the wrong way or an opportunity pops up. And that consistency is key to being successful in the long run. Now, the great thing is that many of these skills that you will read in this document, you can use in our everyday life. So uh, not just the share market, it's quite easy. Um, so if you haven't done it yet, go to the website, www.16trades.com uh, in order to learn all the 16 trades of successful investing, according to our great friends at Share Wealth Systems. Now, as we go to air currently, the market has rebounded. So they're liking our jovial quips, uh, gentlemen. Uh, currently, the All Lords at around 6,400, the XJO, um, just up a slightly, a little bit more. Um, so it looks like the larger cap's doing a little bit of the heavy lifting there. Gentlemen, let's go to the next questions. I will ask for a follow on um, uh, Tony from Steve, and he had another stock that he wanted to know about. Uh, Caravel Minerals, code CVV. Um, again, is it a business you're familiar with? He says a similar scenario, world-class asset underappreciated by the market. Would you agree? Yeah, I've had a little bit to do with this company uh, with the Kalingri copper deposit out in the wheat belt there in WA. Um, I kind of like this for a copper perspective. Uh, it is, they are chasing large tons, lowish grade copper. And I think, in, and interestingly, they just farmed into the Mount William Mag Anomaly, which is three and a half kilometres, looks like a big monster. 
and they've started mentioning Julimar. Julimar was, of course, that amazing chalice discovery which took their shares from $0.12 cents to over $3. So the last batch of um, copper results at Nenad were just okay, but I think this, in a really vibrant copper market, is going to have some legs, and I think that they can come up with some sizable resources. They, you know, the projects are out in the wheat belt, so they're not too far from Perth. So, um, look, as copper exposure goes, probably down the list for me, but worthy of a speculative punt, especially with that 3K long mag anomaly, which could prove anything once they drill it. So, yeah, not a bad punt, Helio. Okay. Now, just uh, for you, Anton, when you, uh, just with your question here, wanting to see the three comp or the company code on screen when uh, the uh, company is discussed, You'll notice that when we bring up the price chart that it will appear in the top left-hand corner. So you'll see the code uh, just there, and that way that'll help you uh, frame in regards to what company we're talking about at any time. Um, starting at our next one from Adrian, um, a great uh, regular supporter of our program. Thank you very much. Um, Emerge Gaming Limited. The code is EM1 for those of you playing along at home. It's involved in the booming e-gaming and e-sports sector. Now, the uh, price has uh, driven up uh, quite strongly recently on the back of the uptake of its Migster social gaming platform. Uh, now, it's entered an alliance with telco giant TIM, uh, and basically the most recent announcements have centered around pre-registrations for the platform. So currently cracking 3 million people, which is actually 1.8 million people more than a week ago. Now, whether they're people, they're pet dogs, um, or their uncles and aunties, I can't actually verify, but obviously there's a lot of positive uh, news that's been coming through on the back of that. In order to play the game, someone has to pay US $8 uh, a month to win some cash, uh, to be in the winning, to or be in the running, sorry, to win some cash prizes as well. But the reality is not all of that 3 million are going to come on board, um, but it will bring in some revenue, which does de-risk things a little bit, uh, eMerge earns around 64% of any revenue uh, achieved through this joint venture. And they've, uh, they've said, now whether this is correct or not, I can't verify, but they've said that if they get 100,000 out of that 3 million, for example, then that'll equate to around $10 million worth um, of revenue. But there's still so many risks when we're talking about this stock. Um, you know, there's more risks on a blackjack table at the casino, really. But I think this sector has legs. I actually do hold this stock but I am now free carrying and I'm just going to see what happens. Um, David, your view in regards to uh, EM1, because um, you know, obviously a uh, hot space, but its share price is incredibly volatile. Any guidance that you could uh, provide young Adrian? Okay, and for me, uh, the first thing I notice is it's, yes, it's had a fantastic run up. And when you mentioned your free carry, well done, Elia. Looking for a dips to buy really down to about that 7.2 two cents in the shorter term and maybe six cents after such a good run up it's gone what i call overbought it's mm -hmm. um in terms of the indicators so having a pullback is a good thing uh, it's a nice cleansing thing people take profit at the ones who've had the fantastic run up uh, look to buy in and i'd have a stop loss below five cents if yeah. you're getting into uh, em1 and targets probably when I did some calculations earlier on, it was about 10 cents. Yeah, 10 and a half cents uh, would be the target and possibly about 15 cents once it's had a once it's had a bit of a pullback and a churning pattern. 
so fall over itself a bit and then start going up again and yeah i like i like the look of that stock too it's been going up on increasing volume so that's that's gets the chartist makes the chartist heart very very happy okay we'll see how that plays out tony i'll go um back to another stock that adrian asked about uh holistical uh sorry yes holistical tech code is hct not a stock that i know all that much about tony are you familiar with it yeah i'm familiar with all the industries they're going to um last time i looked this thing ran on went ballistic on low gi bread now they're into COVID and some other stuff and i think asics actually just pulled them up for disclosure breaches. So look, um, I this is not my style of stock. They just mm. seem to come into the fads. Uh, they, they were absolutely walloped on that last when the ASX gave them a slap on the wrist. Look, for me, not my style. Look, going to be a good trading stock uh, if you get the Twitter brigade onto it, but I wouldn't touch this this with your money, Elio, because it goes against all my principles of speculation. And that's why we have you on the show, because you only uh, bring me multiple bags rather than the uh, ones with the holes in them, which coincidentally to young Gavin and Ismail, who asked you, Tony, for your next multi-bagger, I just want to remind everyone that we do have our two stocks to see the light on that each of our guests show or uh, present to us uh, on every program. And we do talk a lot about different types of stocks on the show as well. If you want any more than that, here's a word of advice, become a client of his and actually make it worth his while for appearing on the show. Everyone will be grateful. Uh, but I do want to stay on one that possibly could be a multi-bagger. It's one you've talked about before. The question comes from David. It's about Metal Bank, uh, MBK, of course. Uh, so let's talk about potential yeah. baggers. Now, it is a, quite a bit higher than what you uh, brought it to our attention at at the moment. I think the last trade at one point uh, two cents prior to that, it was below a cent. Um, drilling activity underways. How does it read at the minute, Tony? To you, I must disclose I've got $115,000 of my own money riding on that. So, and my client bases um, were as full as uh, Free Donut Friday on that one. Look, <laughs> um, I got set a lot of stock at 0.7 with free attaching options, Elio. Uh, so I've been getting my clients to buy sub sub one cent. I, I like in a Scotland management. She ran Citadel. She also ran Ivanhoe. Trevor Wright's a great geologist. They're out chasing a one million ounce discovery near Evolution's Mount Rawdon mine. I, I'm loath to really talk it up because I don't want to see viewers rush in and blow up on something that we've doubled yeah. our money on. But I haven't, I have, I'm, I'm just looking to the right because I'm watching the share price now at 1.3, but I'm not even twitching to sell some. But if if they drill into the mother load, this thing will go absolutely disco inferno. And it's the type of stock that could trade three, four, half a billion shares a day. And bloody poor old David will have a heart attack on his volume indicators. So <laughs> anyway, I, I like the stock. I'm, I'm disclosing that we've got Far too much stock for me to go and tell someone to buy it. I only like to push stocks that we are buying, so all our interests are aligned, Elio. But I, I'm hoping for one drill hole, and um, yeah. Well, that's all it takes, doesn't it? And uh, yeah, and you are backing the management, of course, because let's face it, some of the drills 
drill holes in the past haven't necessarily yielded that result. So fingers crossed it can for uh, Metal Bank right now. Um, David, a question has just come through from uh, Richard. Uh, wants to know about our view in regards to XRF Scientific. The code is XRF. And the reason why I'm XRF. going to you initially, yeah, the reason why I'm going to you with this originally is because um, looking at the chart of this share, he says he's noticed that it was smashed in February. No, no island there in that regard. Um, but it's rebounded uh, and it's hovering around 31 cents and he wants to know if it's worthwhile. So possibly, uh, maybe uh, just uh, if you wouldn't mind for Richard, just say whether now would be a good time to take a bit of a nibble. Yeah, it's it's worthwhile with a tad of a nipple with a stop loss below 27 cents, maybe tw actually 25 cents in terms of a stop. Uh, you can buy it all the way down to 26 cents, looking for 40 to 41 cents on the top side uh, for XRF Scientific. Volume is good. Um, it would be healthy for it to come back down to 26 cents. So if you want to take a biggest position, it would be down at 26 cents. Stop yeah. loss below 25 cents, stop close only, looking for 40 cents top side. It's a mining tech business, Tony. Are you familiar with it? Yes. Um, I, I used to know um, one of the directors of that company, and I actually, I've actually used an XRF gun up in the mountains on Argentina. So that's what oh, they're nice. involved in, the, the analysis as well. So, uh, oh, I'm going to be honest with you, Elio. I took my eyes off the prize and um, and missed it. And I know it, it was one of Ron Shamgar's favourite stocks earlier on. So mm. I think it's a great business and I'm going to have to revisit it. Yeah, no, I would uh, recommend you do that. The fundamentals do look very good. It spits a lot of cash out, very good cash conversion as well. Financially healthy, it meets all the metrics you want to see. For those of you that are boring fundamental uh, uh, investors and feel like you might be missing out, uh, on this recent speculative bubble, well, maybe XRF is one of those to consider, but definitely not a flash in the pan in this instance. Um, Tony, then I will uh, another an interesting one. I wouldn't have thought someone would ask this about you, uh, for you, but you might have a view on it. You may have heard it before. Uh, Ismail asks about your view in regards to Tesserent, TNT, the cybersecurity firm. Now, by all means, um, if you do know the company, a comment there would be great. Otherwise, any comment about how the world's going to shit would also be much appreciated. Your view? And another one, uh, I had actually had the opportunity to participate in the IPO and it just, that thing went into the threes during the, the smackdown. I just looked at them and they're getting towards a $300 million cap. It is cybersecurity, which is hot. Uh, we've had AR, I think it's AR9 that's done extremely well. And from memory, that company had the old defence minister, Stephen Smith, involved. Now, I, they haven't released their quarterly report yet. And I think the revenue side of it is going to be very important. And that's where the risk lies, because if their cash flow doesn't meet expectations, this thing's going to get bitch slapped. So I, I, I think that the, the stocks run extremely hard into the unknown without that 4C. So I think a lot of risk, uh, but those that have got in at the lows have uh, made 12 times their money. So certainly a, an exciting area. Now, for those of you that possibly may be cringing at the minute in regards to some of the language used over the last two minutes, I do profusely apologise in regards to that, of course, when uh, the heat of the battle kicks in and we sometimes see these things, uh, we can get a little bit excited. So apologies there on behalf of uh, myself, Station and all our guests. All right, David, bring us back to the straight and narrow in regards to TNT because its share price does look pretty good. Can it keep running? 
Uh, for me, yes, probably up to that 39 cent area. And if you're looking to take profits, 39 to 44 cents uh, at the outside would be the, the nice profit area. The volume is good. The, all, the, all the things, all the things kind of add up um, in the way, the way that it's been working, except for um, basically last month, th which was an inside month. So this month we're seeing probably much more volume than we saw last month. Uh, mm -hmm. it, uh, so it's breaking out on higher volume. So 39 cents, bank a little bit of cash if you're holding it. 44 cents, probably bank all of the cash at that level and then look for a deep retracement, probably down back down to about 20, 20 cents to 24 cents. A uh, bit of a shock, pick it up there again, have a stop loss below 15 cents and then see where it goes to next. Okay, got a question from Nick uh, on the text machine. I'll stick with you on this, David, because he is looking for a fundamental and a technical view on this stock. It's uh, Equatorial Resources, EQX. Uh, not a business I'm 100% across, I've got to be honest with you, uh, Nick. But Nick does say, and I'll have to take him at face value at this, that he says it's trading currently at cash and liquid assets backing. Uh, it's an iron ore producer out of Africa, um, so obviously carries a bit of sovereign risk. But in regards to EQX, what does the chart look like, David? And then I'll ask Tony for his fundamental view. Chart's good. Um, like a lot of these little, little cap stocks, it's cleared a lot of overhead resistance. The next really decent size overhead resistance is around about that 41 to 42 cents area. And then the next one is 60 cents. You might, overhead resistance can be, is a price target. When, it, when it's moving up. So just if I'm getting a bit too technical there, don't um, into the jargon. Currently on both sides, I'd have a stop loss longer term below 28 cents and medium term below 30 cents. There's some nice things about it, the way that it's moving up. Um, yeah, um, I wonder too if they're selling, if it's an Australian company selling iron ore that's made in that's produced in Africa. Does that come into the if the Chinese start banning? They've been banning um, banning purchases of I think uh, cotton, uh, banning purchases of, of other Australian commodities. Wine, so barley. What if they yeah. start banning Australian iron ore? Yeah, yeah. And so so um, so our um, that's that's the worry I have if it's got the name Australian, but if it's exporting straight to China and they don't even know about it and don't care, then. Uh, they want, you know, then that's good. Buy a break above 34 cents with a stop loss below 30 cents. Looking for a 40 cents, it would be the way I'd be trading this. All right, then. Uh, well, if, you, if you don't get that tip. Yeah, got it. Tony, uh, just quickly, a view on EQX. Yeah, it's an Ian Middlemass shell. Um, Ian's a famous investor who creates a lot of value, and he does have the odd one that doesn't go so well. The iron ore's in the ROC, Republic of Congo. So not an ideal area, but they do own a lot of SO4 and based on cash, their EVs next to zero. And I know there's been a lot of pressure from um, shareholders to make a major acquisition. So it's kind of a bit of a sleeper where if Ian can find the right acquisition and add some value, uh, this thing will do quite well. But in this market, it, it's a sleep on the rails with a Melbourne Cup coming up for Ian. Yeah, no, exactly. And no uh, punters watching either too, by the way. Uh, interesting developments here in Victoria. Tony, we come to you for your two stocks to see the light on. But very quickly, just in regards to um, a quick question that just came through from Chris in regards to Bravura Solutions, because it's the weekend coming for us. 
thought I'd squeeze it in. Look, BBS, good, healthy business, doing incredibly well. Um, but we're talking back-end super platforms and the like. And to be honest with you, it's a very competitive market. They bought a company by the name of Delta for some 41 million Aussie dollars. I think it was about 23 million uh, pounds in the UK, looking to further broaden its uh, penetration into that market um, and looking to leverage off Delta's uh, existing customers to be able to on-sell uh, their ones. Um, the share price initially had a bit of a pop, but it is retracing back to recent lows. David, in regards to the price action for Bravura, I've just said fundamentally it's good, but on the chart it looks pretty bad. Uh, has it bottomed? David, are you there? That's has Bravura bottomed? That's BBS. all I say. <laughs> Oh, no. Okay. It looks like, yeah, it looks like it's I'm going down. A okay. down. <laughs> look for a dollar. Look, 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 looks for two dollars on the downside. It's just, it's just in. Um, uh, have a stop at three dollars and twenty cents. If it, if it does, if it breaks above three dollars and fifty cents, then that's great. But at the moment, no, I wouldn't, wouldn't be touching it. Wouldn't be touching it. Look for two bucks on the downside. Yeah, I wouldn't touch it with that thumb either. Right, okay, uh, Tony, time for you to help us see the light on two stocks that we're going to toddle off to our own research into and see whether they align with our own investment objectives and tolerance to risk. Yeah, my um, two stocks, I'm going to uh, provide pretty much two new ones to viewers today. And I'd also like to apologise for my language at times. I'll be straight to the naughty corner after this one. <laughs> Look, my first stock is Proteomics International, PIQ. Now, they're currently in a trading halt to facilitate a capital raising. I've had a lot to do with this company. They have a test kit called ProMarketD which predicts uh, diabetic kidney disease four years before it happens. They're also working on a test for endometriosis, which affects one in nine women. And they've actually on the ProMarketD just done a deal in Italy. And if they start coming up with some other deals with government health funds, this thing is going to have exponential growth. I have a lot to do with management. I think this is an ideal growth story in the biotech arena. Uh, once they come out of trading halt, anywhere in the low to mid 50s, I think is great value for a long term view. And it is one of my preferred biotechs. My second stock is Godolphin Resources, code GRL. I should note that we were involved in the IPO and we have recently been buying more stock. I actually bought some more PA in relation to Copper Hill East, where they just announced that they're onto a large, what could be a porphyry system and they may have clipped it. So this kind of reminds me of Stavely. And mm. if they hit the porphyry system, this thing is going to multi-bag. And the, the great thing is that this isn't even their main project. The main project is Lewis Ponds, which has shown some of the best gold anomalies that Ian Buckhorn's ever seen. And Ian was, has been around forever. So I think this stock is one of the cheapest gold stocks in the market. If they hit uh, the mother load, I'll be able to afford some curtains to reduce the light um, when I'm on this show. So that uh, yeah, you're an absolute champion. Uh, and always welcome back on the show when you rant my stocks, particularly PIQ. But I will have to look at uh, GRL and see whether it aligns with my investment objectives and the tolerance to risk. But on that note, uh, gentlemen, that's all we have time for today and this week. So first, on behalf of everyone, I want to thank Tony Lacandro from Alto Capital for your wonderful insights today and your general candor. Thanks, Elio. Uh, I look forward to coming on next show if you'll have me. No, absolutely we will. There wouldn't be a program without you. But look, uh, but thank you very much for giving us your time because I know how incredibly busy it is in your space 
at the minute. So thank you very much. And a massive thank you to you, El Presidente David Hunt, for joining us during yeah. uh, the run-up into an election. Okay, maybe not yours, but uh, uh, let's face it, everyone's watching it at the moment. So thank you, David, for your insights today. Thanks, Celia. Great to see you. See you, viewers. Bye-bye. And that's profithunters.com.au if you want to learn more about the services that David offers um, and how he may very well be able to assist you in your own personal investment strategy. Well, next week, uh, we kick off proceedings with Niv Dagan from uh, Peak Asset Management and myself, who will be answering your questions live on air. And remember, if there's any expert that you'd like to see on the show, and I'm getting a little thin, then please send me an email, question at spotty.com.au, and I will follow up. But I also need you to contact them as well, because I think I'm selling them something. And that's a special shout out to you, Adrian, who also put forward that recommendation. Uh, you know who it is, I won't say it now. Uh, send your questions in early if you can't tune in live. Uh, question at spotty.com.au or text us 0480079089. But Dexter doesn't text or uh, answer your calls either. So just remember that. It'll go into the ether. We'll answer it next week. Thanks again to our sponsors, ShareWealth Systems. And remember, 16traits.com to learn the 16 traits of successful investing. Thanks again, Ticker, for letting us take an hour of prime time. Thanks, Mike, as always, for pushing the right buttons. Stay tuned for the Ben Robin Robbo Show, everyone. Good luck to your football teams this grand final weekend, folks. And until next week, I'm Elio D'Amato. You've been watching Spotty, and together, we've been shining the spotlight on shares. Go Storm! Stream us live on the Ticker app, Apple TV, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and tickertv.com.au. Ticker, streaming news now. Thank you.